You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. Well, today is Baptism Sunday, and uh, we're going full throttle. If Pastor Reader would stand up. Those that are getting baptized, uh, come down here with Pastor Rita. She's going to take you in the back and allow you to change. And she's going to talk to you for a few minutes. Now, I want you to understand that Pastor Robert is back full force. You know, on Saturday night, whenever I talked to Leanne, he had me cancel bapt- or membership class. And I could hear him say, tell him to cancel membership class. And because he doesn't know what he's doing. So he hasn't lost anything, all right? He's still picking, he's still good. Amen? All right, if you will, stand with me for the reading of God's word today. Or 1 Peter 2 and 9. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Scotty, would you bless the reading? Father God, we come to you, Lord. We thank you for your word, God. And we thank you that you have made us different, that you have called us, Lord. Lord, you've taken and put upon us a mark, God, that we are to be different than any other God. Lord, now as pastor comes to take and bring forth the word, God, Lord, I ask for a great anointing to fall upon him. Lord, that that manna that you have for him would come forth, God, that you have for us, God, that our ears be willing to accept it, our hearts to apply it, God, and Lord, that we go forth out of here and we would take and out to others, God, and we would take and share that word with others, God, to bring others in, God. We give you honor, we give you praise, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Micah talked about being a priest and the the sacrifices and things last week. And I I think that we're just going to continue into that. Listen, he called us to be a chosen generation. Uh, And and many of us right now, we're saying, man, I I don't know about my, my, my kids being raised up in this generation and things of that nature. But our kids are going to be fine and we're going to be fine because God is with us. God is strong among us and and he called us to be this chosen generation. You're going to touch just this generation, the next generation and the generation after that. It does. We don't know how long that he's going to give us breath in our lungs, but he's given us the ability to be called by him. He called us a holy nation. And, And that's not just you, but that's your family. The more, that we, the more that we talk to God and talk about God with our family, our children, the more that we become a nation. Not only that, but the more we talk to our friends, the more that we participate in the gospel with Jesus Christ inside of our fellowship, the more we become a nation, the more we become Jewelcityites. Amen? He says that you're a peculiar person. Each and every one of us are different. I shared on Wednesday night that at Family Life Fellowship where I used to go that they had Bikers for Christ. And bikers for Christ, they could go in the bars, they could go among the, the bikers and they could minister to those people that I can't minister to. Why? Because they're tattooed up and down. Because before they were called to the light, they were tattooed, they hung out with them in the bars, they hung out with them, they did motorcycle rides, they did those things, but they were able to go back into those things. 
and still minister because that's the way God has, has called them as a particular person. I can minister to people that John, John ministers to different people than I minister to just because of that. Bob ministers to different people than I do. Brian ministers to different people than I do because we're peculiar. God has made us all that way so that we can carry the gospel into different parts of the world. Amen. But he called us to be a royal priest. He's called us to walk with character and integrity. After kneeling down and asking him to come into our heart, he said, hey, you're a royal priest. And many of us have a hard time believing that we're a priest, that, that God would use us. But God wants to use each and every one of us for his glory, not ours, but for his glory. He called us. He chose us and we chose him. God woke us up. God drew us to himself by the Holy Spirit. And he gave us the ability to believe in him and to believe in his son. Amen. Listen, you may have believed in God, but until you ask God to come into your heart, you only had a belief. Because to believe means to know, means that you've accepted him wholeheartedly, meaning that you love him with everything that you have. You may have had a belief, but until you come to Jesus Christ and ask him to be your savior, then will you believe. In Ephesians this week, we learned that he has raised us up, that he loved us, that he made us alive, and that he saved us. God has done this for us. We were lost in sin, we were spiritually dead, but God raised us up alive. It's about a heart transformation. It's about believing who we are, who we become through the blood of Christ Jesus. Listen, we're saints of God. We're heirs to the kingdom of heaven. We have an inheritance on earth, but a greater one in heaven. It's about believing in who God has called us to be. We're no longer bound to sin. We're freely justified by grace through the redemption of Christ Jesus. Amen. We're forgiven and we're deeply loved by God. So we should return that faithfulness back to God by being who he called us to be, by being a royal priest. Pastor Micah did a great job telling us about the duties of priesthood. He talked about sacrificing and interceding. He talked about, he, he talked about uh, the priest being prepared to go into the holies of holies. And as the priest, that's what we're all called to do. We're able. He's given us the abilities to go into holies of holies because of our heart and our relationship with Christ Jesus. We're able to go in. The blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, has been sprinkled over the mercy seat so that we can go in. It's no longer about lambs and goats. It's no longer about what the priest can do for you, but it's about what you can do because the lamb of God, the most high God, has been sacrificed and the blood has been spread on the mercy seat once and for all that we can walk in and ask him. We have not because we ask not, amen? Even before the Mosaic law, even before priesthood, I wanna introduce you to Abraham. In Genesis 12, God called Abraham. He said, he asked Abraham to leave his country and his kinfolk and his father's house. When we ask Jesus to come into our lives, he asked us to leave the things behind, why? because he wants to use us. You know, many of us walked in sins, not all, not all of us were saints. You know, I'd, I'd like to believe that my two children are pure in, in, in spirit and pure in sainthood, but I, I, I know that they mess up. I know that they gossip, I know that they have anger, but I'd like to believe, but God wants to believe that we're saints because we're covered by the blood of the lamb, amen? So he's asked Abraham to leave everything. Genesis 12 and two, he says, I will make of thee a great nation. I will make thee, I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Listen, he's called us to leave everything behind. 
Everything that we once was, everything that we once were, everything that we hoped for, he's asked us to leave it behind and be sold out to him. He's asking Abraham to leave everything. Get sold out to me. Just as Jesus said, follow me, disciples, be fishers of men. God has called Abraham in that way. Why? Because I'll make you a great nation. These are the words of God. I will bless thee and I will make, thee, make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. How does all this happen? By God working through Abraham. He said, you'll be a blessing. Why? Because God blessed him. Abraham answered the calling. He answered the calling of priesthood. In Genesis 18, Abraham is interceding for his family. God is examining Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 18 and verse 17, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? That's the closeness of the relationship that we need to have with God. We need to be able to have fellowship with God that he says, should I hold that back from Aaron? Should I hold that back from John? Should I hold that back from Patrick? No, we want to be so close that God says, I want to be able to speak to you. We got to have that relationship that God has called us to have. He says, and the Lord says in verse 20, and the Lord said, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is so great, I will go down and see. The Lord has heard their cry. He sees their sin. However, Abraham's nephew Lot and his family live in Sodom. Anybody got a family member living in Sodom? It's time to intercede on their behalf. It's time to lift up our loved ones just as Abraham is teaching us. Abraham has concerns for his family just as we have concerns for our own family. In verse 23 it says, and Abraham drew near. He already had such a close relationship but he says, Abraham drew near to God. He's, he's close enough to where God doesn't want to hold anything back from him, but he wants to draw even closer to God. Why? Because he needs to intercede on behalf of a loved one. Amen. Intercession is so valuable. And he said, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Intercession doesn't always have to be, dear God, I pray. He's just talking in a conversation piece with him. He says, Lord, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And Abraham intercedes. He says, what if you find 50 righteous living among the wicked? Surely you wouldn't destroy them. The righteous along with the wicked, why would you destroy them? He goes, why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? He's just having a conversation with God. He's interceding for his family in a way that we all need to adapt to. Just cry out to God, personal, draw close to him, draw nigh. And the Lord said, if I find 50 in Sodom righteous within the city, then I will spare them all the place for their sakes. And Abraham interceded again. He said, Lord, what if there's not 50? What if there's only 45? What if there's only 40, Lord? What if there's only 30? Will you spare the righteous then? What if there's 30? What if there's 20? Lord, what if there's only 10 righteous? Will you spare it then? And the Lord says, Abraham, even if there's 10 righteous, I will spare Sodom. Abraham knew God and he believed God to be faithful, amen? Sodom didn't have 10 righteous people. But God did spare Lot and his family to a point. 
That point being that Abraham continued to intercede. He continued to draw close. Even whenever he knew that there was not 10, he didn't give up. He said, Lord, my family resides there and I have a heart for them to be called out of sin, to be called out of darkness. So please, Lord, deliver them. And the Lord sent angels and the angels insisted that Lot take his wife and his daughters and to get out. They said, get out now. In verse 19, or 19 and 16 in Genesis, it says that he lingered. Lot lingered. Many of us linger. We're afraid to go where God wants us to go. We're also afraid to leave the past behind, but we, but we must leave it behind. We must leave all the sin behind. And hold on to what God's asking us to do. We got to leave the drugs, the alcohol, the pornography, the gambling, the gossiping, the stealing, the cheating, the sexual immorality. We got to leave it behind because God is calling us to be pure and holy before him because he's a righteous God. Amen. Listen, sin is the disobedience that severs man's fellowship with God. No matter big or small, sin is sin. And it interrupts. And it destroys our fellowship with God. The angels led Lot and his family out to the city. And they said, don't look back. Don't turn back. Whenever you ask God into your heart, when you ask him into your life, he's saying, don't turn back. Don't look back. But what happened? Lot's wife turned back. She sinned against God. How do we compare to Lot's wife, though? As we think about that story and we think, man, why would she do that? Many of, many of us have done the same. Who are we to judge? How do we compare to Lot's wife? In Ephesians 2 and 1, it says, And you, has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. It's he that made you alive. It's he that made me alive. We were all dead in trespasses and sins. We chose to chase the things of this world. The lust of our flesh, the lust of our minds, that's what we were racing after. But God, but God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. He was rich in mercy. He was rich in kindness. He was rich in compassion. He's rich in help for each and every one of us. All we have to do is continue to cry out, but God, but God, here I am. By grace we're saved. He made us alive. Why did he make us alive? In Ephesians 2 and 10 it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. This relationship with God, it's all about God. What we learned on Wednesday night in Ephesians, Christianity is not about you doing anything for God, but letting Christ do everything through you. God does all the work in you. He's the one who started this whole process in you. And what he started, he will take responsibility to finish. Let me read that for you again. Christianity is not about you doing anything for God, but you letting Christ do everything through you. Think about that. God does all the work in you. He's the one who started this whole process in you. And what he started, he will take responsibility to finish. Look around you. What he started 28 years ago, Jewel City Church. Pastor was in Jewel City Quartet singing a song, dropped the microphone because God had called him and anointed him. And look what's happened. It's prosper. Why? Even the even pastor admits there's times where I tried to get a hold of God, get ahead of God, and he had to back up and let God get back where he needed to be. 
This is built because of God, because of faithfulness of God, because of faithfulness of followers like you and me. Listen, there, there's going to be a work project in May 8th at, at, at uh, Shinston Park. And we went up there a couple weeks ago. Things that Jewel City Church that we don't know about. There's a, there's, a, there's a place set up there. There's an area that Jewel City Church put up there specifically for the children of Shinston and anybody that comes to visit. We don't know these things, but those are, those are the things that God is doing. Good to see you, Mary. Those are the things that God is doing that we don't know about. He supplies the resources. Right now, he's supplying resources to me and I'm just blessed to be able to take them and supply it where it needs to go. He's just bringing them in and I'm able to just put it where it needs to go. It has nothing to do with me. But I lift up a prayer, I said, man, Lord, you see their need. And eventually he just says, and that was a couple months ago. I just, the Lord just blessed somebody. He gave me the resources to bless them in a very good way. But it was just that. People's handed me money and said, give it to that person. And I gave it to that person. I've asked for resources in the Lord. That's the same God that you serve. The same God that I serve. The same God that Pastor Robert serves is the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. And he will forever want to work through you. But he's calling you to be a priest. He's calling you to accept the responsibility to stand up in faith and believe that you have because you've asked. Amen? Listen, Peter and John, they're not, they're not the royal priests of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But in Acts 3, on the way to the temple, laying at the gate called Beautiful, a lame man, crippled, begging for alms is there. Peter and John said, fastening their eyes upon him, said, look on us. Interceding right there. There's many times that you're going to walk into Walmart and you're going to see somebody that needs some intercession. You got to stop and you got to do it right there, Terry. You can't wait until you get home. You got to do it right there. You say, fasten your eyes up on me. It's not because of who I am. Uh, Peter and John said, and, and then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter went over and he lifted him up with his right hand and immediately his bones grew full strength. We're able to give full strength to people because of the God that lives inside of us. Our intercession matters to those around us and that's what the priesthood is about. Acts 16, Paul and Silas at midnight prayed and sang praises unto God. The other prisoners hearing them and then suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors flung open and all the bonds, all the chains were loosened from the prisoners. Why? Because they prayed and they sang. Your intercession may have come through praise, just glorifying God with a voice of triumph and song of glory and unto him. It's not about us, but it's about God just ministering and working through us. So the bonds of those that we love, the chains can be loosened off. Amen? Even to the point that the prison guard who had a suicidal thought was saved. Not only him, but his whole family was saved. Amen. In closing, Luke 7, 11 through 18, Jesus is walking with his disciples to a city called Nain. And there's a funeral procession coming. And a mom is weeping for her son. And Jesus and his disciples stand before that procession. And Jesus said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And the dead man sat up and he began to speak. Jesus interceded just like that for you and me. He said, 
you were dead spiritually. But he said, arise and speak. Speak the gospel. Share your testimony of what God has done for you. Share the testimony of how great he is and how glorious he is. If you have nothing else, you have a testimony of your pastor who had multiple strokes. But God, but God, but God interceded by the people. Then by Christ Jesus who sits on the right hand side of him interceding. Day in and day out. Listen, the way that you've interceded, the way that you've worried, the way that you cared for your pastor, we need to do that with each and every individual that's here. And he'd want you to do the same because God wants us to intercede for each other. Amen? John 11, Jesus' friend Lazarus is dead. Four days. But God cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound head and foot, and Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. Again, this is our high priest who intercedes for us, but our intercession awakens the heart of God in ways that we can't imagine, in ways that we can't think about, but it does, it touches his heart. He draws near to us when we draw near to him. Amen? All he's looking for is for a remnant bunch of people, a people to realize that they're called to be a high priest, a people that, that want God and want God to touch their nation, to touch their families, to touch, to touch individuals that they don't even know. Amen? Our high priest, Jesus Christ, has set the example of interceding. In John 17, he prayed for us some 2,000 years ago, before we were ever alive, before we were in our mother's womb. He prayed and he asked the Father, he said, Lord, help them to walk sanctified. Help them to walk with truth. Help them to walk with love. God has loosened us from our sins and he's redeemed us for such a day as this so that Christ Jesus could be alive in us and that we could allow Christ to be alive through us. If you will, stand with me. God has called us all to be priests and he's asking us to be generous with our care. He's asking us to be selfless with our time, to give everything we can. He's asking us to love with our entire heart. Everything that we have, every good and perfect gift that we have, it's from God. So let's keep sacrificing. Let's keep interceding for each other, for our communities, for our families, for our city, for our state and for our nation, amen? Allowing God to work through us. I challenge you to rise to this new life that God has called you to. Accept the calling of priesthood. Listen, you wouldn't believe it, but God changed my life. I shared on Wednesday night, I used to have a refrigerator in my garage and my mother-in-law was an intercessor. The moment she opened that refrigerator before I was saved, it was like a beer commercial. Every label facing the right direction. Five, six different kinds, whatever you wanted. The moment she opened that refrigerator, she shut it just as quick. And she started praying from that day on that it would taste bitter to me. And one day it did. Intercession can change everything. It can loosen your family from the addictions. It can loosen your family from what has them bound. Amen? If you believe that, give God a hand clap of praise.
I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Pastor Robert already gave the invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. There is no other day. Tomorrow is not promised to anybody. Your pastor, he experienced something that we never want to experience, any of us. But he knows that he's right with Christ. What about you today? Are you right with the Lord? Can you honestly look at your life and say, I have a heart for God. I've given myself. I've asked him to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. If you haven't, I would encourage you to raise your hand today. Is there any here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? Is there one? Is there one that's never asked him? As Christians, sometimes we can't believe that God would, would work through us. Sometimes we can't believe that God would just do those things, supply the resources so that we could give them out. But that's the faith, that's the boldness. Abraham went boldly before the throne of grace and said, would you spare them? Listen, I'm encouraging today to pray. Pray in your seat, pray at this altar. But God wants you to be a priest, to use you. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. And don't let anybody tell you any different. He will change you and mold you to fit the pattern that he wants to use you in. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for today and we're thankful for life, Lord God. Lord, we surrender everything to you that you would have your way in our lives, Lord God. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for what you're doing in our pastor's heart and life, Lord God, and their family. But Lord, there's many here also that are hurting and we're interceding for them today, Lord God, that you would touch lives. Lord, I pray that the message has touched their hearts, Lord God, that if any are bound with any of those things of sin, that today they would be loosened, Lord God, and it wouldn't come back, Lord God, because they would say with boldness, I'm not going back today. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing into the higher calling that's up on my life because God has called me and saved me and redeemed me. And his love is worth everything that I have. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless us and keep us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 